Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 3, and we've been looking at verse number 9, which says, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. And as we've been looking at this passage here, we've been talking about how the Apostle Paul had sent Timothy unto these saints in Thessalonica, checking on them to make sure that they were standing for the word of God rightly divided, that they were continuing to teach this message that he had committed unto them, preaching this gospel message, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how a person puts their trust in that and that alone gives them their salvation. And how as he saw that they were continuing to stand for this message, we've seen how he has been thankful for them and how this thanksgiving that he has has produced a joy for them. And this joy says that it's for your sakes. That it's this issue of a joy that he had related to the members of the body of Christ. A joy that we should feel for the other members of the body of Christ as well. And you know, that's a big part of as you know, if you live in an area that has a local assembly and that you're able to assemble with the saints, you understand that joy that you get of being around the other individuals who are part of the body. And how Paul is talking here about the fact that even though he wasn't around these individuals, he wasn't near them, he was only hearing about what it was that they were doing, yet it still produced a joy in his life. And a joy that he identifies in a sense before our God. That the focus of this joy and where it seems to be coming from is related to the fact of that everything is based on God. It's based on what he has been done for us and that relationship that we have. And we see how the Apostle Paul, through his epistles, can identify the fact that this is where the focus of things is. We look, for example, let's go over to the book of Colossians. We're going to turn here to Colossians chapter number 3. And we're going to see the Apostle Paul make a reference here to something. And we're going to read the first four verses of Colossians chapter number 3. And it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And we see how the Apostle Paul starts with this fact of 
you know, this challenge to these saints in Coloss, talking about how they've been risen with Christ. And when he says, if ye then be risen with Christ, he knows that they understand that this is a reality. We understand that this is a reality for ourselves. The moment we put our trust in that gospel message that's been given to us for today, we have been identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, with this reality and our identity in Him, our focus is to be on the heavenly things. That affection that we have because we are dead. The fleshly body we walk around in, it is considered to be dead in the eyes of God because what is alive, what has been given spiritual life, what has been quickened is our inner man. And that's what the joy is. That's where our identity, as he says, our life is hid with Christ in God, that that's where our identity is, and that's where the joy can actually be seen. We see how the Apostle Paul talks. Let's go over to the book of Galatians now. We're going to turn to Galatians chapter number 2. And we're going to see another statement here that talks about the fact of the Lord Jesus Christ being in us. And we're going to read here verses 20 and 21 of Galatians chapter number 3. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And we see how the Apostle Paul identifies the fact that, he says, I am crucified with Christ, talking about his flesh, talking about that part of who he is, that that's dead in the eyes of God, but yet there's a life that's still in him because it's the Lord Jesus Christ in him, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ living through him that's producing this life, that's producing this joy that the Apostle Paul is making reference to because that joy that we have that all comes from who we are in Christ is completely separate from anything of who we are. And the Apostle Paul makes it very clear. He looks at his own life to be able to identify this fact and gives that example for us so that way we can be able to see that this is what the reality is. And we can turn over to Philippians chapter number 3. And we're going to see the Apostle Paul talk here, writing to these this assembly in Philippi, talking about how when he looks at himself, he can see the reality of that none of these things amount to anything of who he is. And here in Philippians chapter number 3, 
We're going to start here in verse number 4, and we're going to read down through verse number 8. It says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And here you have the Apostle Paul talking about all of these things of who he is, and all of it identifying with the fact that this is part of the flesh. And you see, you know, identifying this thing of the circumcision, being of the stock of Israel, specifically the tribe of Benjamin. Talking about his relationship with the religion, you know, at Hebrew, the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee. The, the zeal that he had, the persecution that he was doing that was part of this zeal. And identifying the fact that he's saying that touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. Now, he wrote that idea of being blameless related to the law under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So, if he's writing that and saying that there's some reality to what he's saying about that idea of being blameless, but all these other things that he's identifying of being in the flesh, he's saying that he has confidence in the flesh not really but if he thought that he could that he would have more ability to say that than anybody else because of all of these things that he is identifying that are part of who he is and he says that all of these things that made him in the flesh to be this person to where he could be able to brag about if that's what he wanted to do, that all of that is nothing compared to what he is now. Who he is in his identity in Christ. And that's why he says that those things that were gained, at one point there was an advantage to all those things, there no longer is an advantage to them because the only thing that there's an advantage now is his identity in Christ. And he's willing to say that that's a loss and that it was all done so that way he could truly gain. And that because he's gained in that, that's why he can identify that there's this issue of a joy that he has in God. And that joy coming about from everything that has been accomplished for him. Now we see, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter number 4. We're going to see something that the Apostle Paul here says 
to this assembly in Ephesus about the things of this growth and this joy and how God's working through us here. And here in Ephesians chapter number 4, we're going to read here verses 15 and 16. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And as Paul's writing this to this assembly in Ephesus and talking about this identity, he points it back first to the issue of the head of the body, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the head who he identifies several different times throughout his epistles. In fact, even several times in this epistle to the Ephesians, the church at Ephesus here, you know, you see in the very next chapter where he's identifying him as the head, as he spoke, speaking about the relationship between the husband and the wife and drawing that parallel between the relationship between the body and the Lord Jesus Christ and still identifying him as the head. And you see how the Lord Jesus Christ as the head, that there's a relationship between the head and the rest of the body that he identifies here in verse number 16. As he says here in verse number 16, talking about this issue of the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. So this issue that the body is all fit together in a particular manner in order for the body to truly function in the way that God intends. This is why all the members of the body of Christ are important, that we should have that relationship with the members of the body, that we shouldn't be trying to cut people off you know, for various reasons that we come up with, because the body is fitly joined together. And you can look at the idea of the body being fitly joined together, you know, and use the example of, you know, if you buy, you know, one of those pieces of furniture you know, that comes with all the various parts that you have to assemble. And there's that series of instructions that comes that says, you know, you follow these steps to put it together properly. And if you follow those steps and you do it exactly how it's laid out the piece of furniture functions properly because all of the pieces are joined together in that proper manner so that way they all fit together snugly the way that they're supposed to and it's functioning as that piece of furniture now if instead of following those instructions you just kind of decide, well, you know what, I I know what I'm doing and I'm just going to do it any old way. And you just kind of start picking up pieces at random and trying to put them together. And the one thing that's going to happen is they're not going to fit together the way that they're supposed to. 
the piece of furniture isn't going to be functional and because it's not fitly joined together it's going to quickly fall apart if you try to use it in the manner of how it was supposed to be used the body of Christ is fitly joined together we are all functioning according to what the will of God is the will of God is that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth the Apostle Paul identifies the reality of how that's supposed to happen when he talks about his responsibility which was to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery so as he was making all men see the fellowship of the mystery teaching this message to other individuals functioning in that manner that other people were joining the body of Christ becoming that fitly joined together body so that way the body could continue the function according to the doctrine that's laid out in Romans through Philemon and that's why you see how it says by that which every joint supplieth so every part of the body provides some edification some function in order for the body to do exactly what it's supposed to and when the body's doing what it's supposed to be doing it's going to produce the joy that is intended and that's why when you see how paul talks you know in we had already gone over to the book of Philippians and saw how, you know, Paul talks about that joy that's in there, and you know that's a word you see joy or rejoice mentioned several times in the book of Philippians. Talk, you know, reminding this assembly about that thing of what's supposed to be produced in them as a result of functioning properly of doing the things that God actually lays out for us because you know, God wants us to do certain things according to the doctrine that has been laid out you know, we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so it's the word of God which is producing the faith in our lives that's producing the thing of giving us the information of what it is that we need in our lives to be able to function in that proper manner. You see how, and we've looked at this several times, but we're going to go back over to it again in First Thessalonians chapter number 2. And how the Apostle Paul holds this assembly up as this example to... The other members of the body of Christ related to that relationship with the Word of God. And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, we're going to read here verse number 13. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the Word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men. But as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It's the word of God 
that works in the individual. It's the word of God that's going to produce the things that God intends. It's the word of God that's going to produce this joy that we have. And that's why when Paul's looking at this assembly and seeing how it is that they're functioning, that it's truly a joy for him. And that's why he says, For all the joy with we joy for your sakes before our God. It's because he saw that they were doing the things that they were supposed to. That they weren't falling into that trap of you know, walking away from the things of what the word of God says. And how you see how the Apostle Paul, let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Because you see how Paul gives a warning here in, in this last epistle that he's writing to Timothy here, which ends up being the last epistle to the members of the body of Christ. You see how in chapter number 3, the very beginning of it, he lays out these conditions that describe what's going to happen to the body of Christ as a result of their failure to follow what God has said and starting to look like the rest of the world. Because that's what the reality of if we don't follow the things of the Word of God and the doctrine that's laid out Romans through Philemon, we are going to look like the world system. We're going to be no different than everything else that we see. And this is why Paul, after he gives that warning, he actually gives the issue of, here's how to make sure that this is not what's going, that you're never going to have this happen to you if you follow these things. We're going to pick up in verse number 1 of Second Timothy chapter number 4. And it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. As he gives this warning to Timothy, we see how the warning begins with the issue of preach the word. And he starts off with that because... This is where everything's going to come from related to us making sure that we're doing exactly what God has laid out. Now, there are things that we can think that actually produce joy, that are all part of the world, that are all designed to try to substitute for what we get from the Word of God. But we have to have this reminder of the fact that this is where our focus is to be. Our focus is to make sure that we are continuing to stand for the word of God rightly divided. That we're continuing to preach 
this message to individuals so that way they can be able to have this same joy to have it have that same impact on their lives that we're seeing in our lives as well now next time we're going to start verse number 10 of first thessalonians chapter number three now as we close here i'd like to remind everyone of our website which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org and on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have audio files of our Sunday services. We have information on how to join our Sunday service live as it's being broadcast on Facebook. How to join our Wednesday night Bible study through a conference call option as well. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, about anything on our website, anything in our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time... Keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.